his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, I did years ago, I did as a bit on Chad's show, this is 10 years ago probably, uh, Neil Diamond Christmas and outtakes of him, and I did Little Drummer Boy this. Yeah, yeah. It's almost identical to this. I mean, I'm not that my voice was, but it's the same kind of cadence. Did so. you uh, roll the R like he did on the... <laughs> no, I don't think so. I might have that audio. Maybe I could dig that up before the end of the show. Uh, again, I started the show, my wing and a Wednesday. We've changed the flag. What else are we changing about Minnesota? I offered up the phony superiority complex that we all have. Uh, getting a lot of uh, texts on that, and we'll continue to do so to 651-461-9226. I'm tired of Minnesotans saying Wisconsinites are a bunch of drunks. I've lived in both states. It's obvious to me that people in Minnesota drink just as much, but their superiority complex doesn't allow them to admit it. <laughs> Wow. Uh, another good one here. Uh, somebody said, need to change right now. Um, hmm, interesting. <laughs> skull chant. Dump the oh, skull, skull chant, chant. Dump the row of the boat and dump the sky, you ma. We need new themes and new songs. Coffee fans will be excited to hear there's a new Scooters coffee about to open in Prior Lake. The coffee chain is known for their signature caramelicious Espresso drinks, other sweet treats, including smoothies, Red Bull infused beverages, and baked from scratch pastries. Minnesota has been a hotbed for the company's rapid growth. The Prior Lake location will be the 11th location of Scooter's Coffee in the Twin Cities. Adam, have you made a visit to Scooter's Coffee yet? I have not uh, been to Scooter's, but I've heard about Scooter's. I'm trying to think of where the one is that's closest to me, but I've seen it. I've not stopped in. Here's the thing about coffee shops. I think we all kind of become uh, – we, we, we have our favorite, right? And we, we, when we do the coffee, go to – like I rarely anymore go and buy coffee. Like I usually make it at home, mm-hmm. come here, drink the coffee, and by the time I'm done with the show, I'm done with coffee for the day. So it's only on a very – a rare occasion where I would go to a Starbucks or a Caribou. Out of those two, I think Caribou is still my go-to. But, like, coffee shops just aren't the kind of businesses that I say, yeah, I think I'm going to try a new coffee shop. Because to me, like, coffee's coffee. Because mm. I'm a coffee drinker. I, I don't usually indulge in the bill, the frothy, the specialty drinks. Very rarely do I do that. So coffee is not someplace where I say, you know, I got to go try this new coffee shop. You don't want but I've heard, I've heard very good things about scooters, though. You don't want, like, a caramelicious latte from scooters? No. I mean, every... 
<laughs> it's so much sugar in those things. It's yeah, like, it is. If I want that, I'll just go get like a chocolate malt or a chocolate shake. But uh, the Red Bull infused, the, what do they have, like coffee that's got Red Bull in it? Is that what that... Uh, that seems no, to me like I think a, that's like juices and lemonades and that things called, like that. Heart explosion? I yes. mean, that's. I mean, you get enough coffee with just the... Enough caffeine with just the coffee. Um, yeah, no. I mean, I'll, I'll try it, if, but I, I don't... Bottom line, I don't... Go out of my way to get to new coffee shops. Website called Flags for Good is selling replica copies of some of the failed Minnesota flag oh, yes. designs. Adam, um, if I were to get you one of these for Christmas, which failed Minnesota flag design? Which one? No, are these out of not... the original two thousand that anybody could send in? Yes, it's oh. not all of them, but they have like the the one with the loon and the laser eyes, and some of the oh, yeah. some of the fun ones that. That obviously didn't make the cut. You can buy a flag. Oh, I'd have to look. I, I don't remember when. <coughs> I don't remember like the initial drop of mm-hmm. all the eleven hundred or twelve hundred. No, it was over two thousand. Yeah. Uh, some people just sent in like a screenshot of a <laughs> their their own design dog. your own flag. <laughs> yeah. Um. But no, I can't think of it I, again. I'll go back to I. I you know what would be genius today is to have a website selling the current Minnesota state flag and all these people who are losing their minds over I'm, changing the flag would be buying them up like I'm not I'm uh, this is the flag and it'll always be the flag for me. I do have a current Minnesota state flag by the way. Oh. That is um it's it's got fish donuts on it. So one of the symbols of fish the band is a yep. red donut oh, symbol. Nice. Okay. And so you could buy one. And it's got the it's got the Minnesota seal, but it's got the fish donuts. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I, I haven't even flown it anywhere, and now it's going to be passe. But one of my neighbors, if anybody wants to buy that flag, just send me a check for five hundred dollars. One of my neighbors flies like different sports teams. Yeah. Flags. Yep. And he had his Vikings flag out for a long time. And after the Vikings game last weekend, I was we went for a walk, and we're walking by, and I I see him come out of his house. Take down the Vikings flag and put up his wild flag. It was like the moment <laughs> I thought he was going to like burn it up, or something. Gave up on the Vikings flag yeah. and went to the wild. Uh, hey, a lot of good uh, music and theater around the Twin Cities and Christmas time uh, happening Friday. Minnesota native Caitlin Smith, who has written songs for Megan Trainor, Miley Cyrus, and other performers. Uh, Caitlin Smith will be at the Fitzgerald Theater in St. Paul. Also mm-hmm. uh, happening throughout the holiday season, the Christmas Carol. At the Guthrie, yes, classic through December thirtieth, and how the Grinch stole Christmas at the Children's Theater through January seventh. Of those three, Caitlin Smith, Christmas Carol, and the Grinch, which one would you go to? I'm a Christmas Carol guy. I've uh, been to the okay. Christmas Carol at the Guthrie uh, probably four or five times. What's great about it is they kind of reinvent it every year. Some years they kind of went a little too far and making it a little too, uh, I don't know, strange. But I appreciate that they're doing that, that you don't just get the old classic Christmas carol every year. But there's something to be said, though, for just going and seeing the classic old Christmas carol. I remember going when I was a kid the first time I saw it, and just the production elements they had were just mind-boggling to a, you know, whatever it was, a 14-year-old Adam Carter. So that's what installed my love, instilled my love of the Christmas carol, uh, which we'll be talking about shortly, by the way. But, yeah, I'm going to the Christmas carol. Uh, if you're looking forward to a white Christmas, uh, you're going to be disappointed this year. This weekend, temperatures will be into yeah. the 50s, including a probable record high on Christmas Eve. 
Some folks are mourning that. Others are taking advantage of the late fall weather, going golfing, or uh, I think I'm going to fire up a Christmas bonfire sometime nice. this weekend, hang yep. out outside for a while. Well, you can do that, though, even in the snow and the cold. Uh, true. That's true. Yep. I find you get less participation. When it's this is true. Yeah, nobody <laughs> wants to sit out by the fire. Uh, but cold. I think my kids I, might sit out by the fire if it's 50 yeah, degrees. Man, right on. Nice time out there. Uh, what will you be doing out of doors this holiday season? No plans to you know go out of doors. It's kind of that situation where it's like, yeah, it's nice, but it's not super nice. I mean, I can't skate. I mean, that's the fun thing that I used to. I used to love on Christmas Eve, even after the family settles down where, where my mom lived, there's a still lives. There's an ice rink nearby. Mm-hmm. So I would take my skates and I'd go down there, like even sometimes at 11 o'clock at night, because the light would still be on. Yeah. I'd go skating, even That's if it was nice. by myself. That was kind of cool. Well, there's some places you can still skate that have outdoor cooled rinks that you could go. There are some refrigerated rinks. Yeah. yeah that's that's kind I mean. of a drive. I don't know. Fine. Eh. Okay. Okay. Just, you know what? So you're going to stay you're inside. You have to be outside. All right. I'm able, I could fire the bonfire up. You don't sound convinced. You're going to stay inside the whole holiday season, I can tell. No, if it's warm enough, if it's not raining, I'll go outside. Briefly. Uh, somebody said, is scooters, can you make your own syrups for lattes, etc.? You can control all the, or just at home. You can make your own syrups for lattes. You can control the sugar that mm-hmm. way. That way you can have more flavor than the sugar flavor. I always, if I go get a flavored drink at a coffee shop, I ask it for half sweet. So, yeah. you know, if you're normally yes. putting four pumps of that caramel in there, I want two. Half. Yeah. Uh, somebody suggesting uh, in, our, in our ongoing theme here of what else should we change now that yeah. we've changed the flag, let's change the millennials' ability to blindly ruin everything about this state. Yeah, Dave, you and your fellow millennials just ruining yep. everything yep. about Actively, this state. Actively, every day. Uh, Donald Trump not on the uh, primary ballot in Colorado. Do we like that? I don't. He should be on the ballot. Let's talk about that next. I thought that uh, we, the people, decide uh, elections. Not we, the justices, or we, the courts. And I say that, obviously, as somebody who is no fan of uh, the former president. But a ruling yesterday, late yesterday afternoon, obviously you've probably seen it, that the Colorado Supreme Court has ruled that Donald Trump cannot be on the primary ballot based on the 14th Amendment. And the 14th Amendment is thus, a disqualification from holding office. No person shall be a senator or representative in Congress or elector, a president or vice president, or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States, under any state, who having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress, as an officer of the U.S., as a member of the state legislature, as an executive or judicial officer of any state, to support the Constitution of the U.S., shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof, but Congress may vote but by a vote of two-thirds of each house to remove such disability. I have the same problem with that as I did here in Minnesota with the efforts here. By the way, uh, the Supreme Court here rejected uh, that argument that Donald Trump should be removed from the primary ballot. And let's be clear here. Donald Trump isn't going to win Colorado. Uh, he might win the primary there. He certainly would win probably based on numbers today, win the primary in Colorado. But... He's not winning the general election in Colorado. So, but still, which leads me even more to question this decision. Uh, These justices, seven of them, again, all 
um, appointed by a Democratic governor because Colorado, Democratic-leaning state. So this isn't the way to go about defeating Donald Trump. And I know that it's bigger than that. It's not a question of, oh, we're just we're getting him off the ballot because we don't want him elected again. The effort, those efforts are no, at least the people who support them claim he is an insurrectionist. He's damaged the, he would damage further damage the country. He has damaged the country. He's tried to overthrow the results of the 2020 election. Therefore, he's disqualified. But to me, this is just leading. And again, we know the next stop. We know it's going to be the U.S. Supreme Court. Every single part of this election. And further elections now, to me, are headed to the court. And that's that's a frightening place. And it's one where we believe less and less every single year the results of our elections. Because we, we don't believe whatever we read. And that includes election results. I mean, do you honestly think that come, you know, the day after the election next year, that whoever wins, that the losing party and the losing supporters are going to read those results and say, well, you know, we tried our best, but just didn't have it. We lost to the other side fair and square, fair and square. Nobody's going to believe that anymore. Who's going to believe that? Because so much damage has been done to erode our confidence in our elections. And it's worked from whatever influence has done that. And again, you can defend Donald Trump or you can hate Donald Trump all you want. But the point is, this isn't the way to go about trying to defeat someone. It should be based on the candidates that we're faced with and let us decide, not the courts. Dave, what do you think about that? I just, I, I agree with you and I think it's a huge loss for democracy and I, um, I'm skeptical, but I'm hopeful that we can get back to a situation where we believe the results of our election. And I think in, I think in smaller, like citywide, countywide, statewide elections, I think we largely do still have faith in the system. Yep. It's just the, the it's the presidential and the bigger national races that I don't know two in a row now play out in the courts and in public opinion, and we've lost faith. But I think the the mechanisms for voting are still. Solid, and I think it's the public opinion that has changed. And I think if we could somehow reverse that, um, it could be saved. But we like to say that we're, we like to say and think that we're better than other countries, yep. and there's corruption and lying and people in power for the wrong reasons in other countries around the world, but not here. You know, here we have free and fair elections, and it's getting harder and harder to argue that. Uh, text coming in here. What good are the laws and constitution if they aren't enforced? If you want to vote for a fascist, then write him in. That's the thing, though. Do we know? I, you can look at the evidence, and that's what Jack Smith is doing. Taking uh, the evidence uh, brought, um, you know, collected by investigators, collected by the January 6th committee, 
and he has indicted the president. Indicted. That doesn't mean convicted. So I'm a little leery into saying, okay, we've that the evidence. Okay, you can read this evidence as a judge and say, well, boy, sure looks like that evidence points to the fact that he led this insurrection. Yet there hasn't been a decision made by judges to convict him of that. So how can we say that he is an insurrectionist before he's been convicted of insurrection? That's the problem I have with it. I mean, if he's been convicted, then by all means, okay, let's let's have that conversation. Let's say, okay, this guy's been convicted of leading an insurrection, trying to overturn the results of the last election. Now, if you want to talk to me, okay, is he, now is he qualified to be on the ballot? I'll have that conversation, but we're not at that point yet. And I can certainly see it from where I am. I can certainly see it from where I am in, the, in, a, in a decision by a jury. May happen to decide that. But at this point, because all too, I mean, look, this decision in Colorado, which is, I, I have to imagine it will be overturned by the U.S. Supreme Court unless... I'm shockingly surprised by that, but I mean, even the Minnesota Supreme Court said no on that. Will what is it going to do other than just raise money? And the former president gets so much publicity, and he gets so much, so much of a boost every avenue here, where he has run afoul of the law, uh, justifiable or not, it has helped his sta- chances. And I just, I. I and I get it. I mean, we are a nation of laws. We have laws. And that's what the judicial system, that's why it's separate from legislative and administrative, is to uphold those laws. But also, uh, the foundation of this democracy is on our ability to make decisions on who we vote for and who uh, we choose not to. And I just am afraid. And I, and I, I like, what are my hopes that suddenly, you know, the next election, oh, yeah, we have two great candidates that we both want, that both sides are proud of, that we could, you know, either one, you know, I want this person, but if this other person wins, uh, so be it, because I know that person has the best interests of the country. We're so far away from that. That is just frightening. And that every decision we make in every election that comes to pass, it's going to be one that's decided in a court. And it isn't the first time. I mean, you can look back to 2000 with uh, Bush versus Gore and the results of that. But, boy. It just seems uh, awfully frightening when we're um, looking at what is to come in 2024, uh, especially with every decision that's going to be made up until the election. And then what happens then is anybody's guess. Uh, at 1030, News Talk 830 WCCO taking a hard turn here. Dave and I, we did the random review yesterday. We th- we'd come with our picks for best holiday movie that we have to watch, one that we watch every year. I have mine. I'll give it a review. I tried to get my wife to watch it last night. She's kind of sick of it because I'm the only one who likes it. But I have to watch it. So what's yours? 651-461-9226. Maybe you got a classic. Maybe you have a new, a modern classic or one that's a sleeper that you love to watch but nobody else does. We'll take all comers. 651-461-9226. What is that holiday movie for you? Our movie review guru, Tim Lammers, will join us midweek to give us his list, and we'll talk about our list, and uh, we want you to chime in. 651-461-9226. Back after this on CCO. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. 
Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen. This isn't Neil Diamond. This isn't Neil Diamond, Dave. Specifically asked you to play Neil Diamond Christmas songs all morning long. Well, I know, but we have a special guest who um, wanted me to play this in honor of you. You know, we don't have a Neil Diamond version of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? You gotta play the original No, your favorite movie. Uh, Tim Lammers on the John Schuster Cobalt Banker Hotline. We thought we'd get Tim on because we talked, we teased last week. I thought I'd be hosting Friday and we could go over our favorite holiday movies, but since there's been a change in schedule, uh, we thought we'd get Tim on today. So welcome back to the program, sir. Um, okay, I get it. You love Rudolph. We know your obsession. <laughs> obsession. That was a long this. distance dedication. Yeah, right. Thank you. For little Timmy Lammers. Casey Kasem. Yeah, right. Tim? <laughs> <laughs> that the freakish reindeer with the red nose. Um, That's right. So they even say it glows. Yeah. Uh, enough of Rudolph. I mean, you've got to have some others in here. If we, we know how we feel about Rudolph, we don't need to go yes. over that again. The all-time greatest. Yes. Um, but here's the question, and I still want to watch, and I haven't yet because you you were recommended it. Um, the holdo- holdovers is that the name yes. of that movie? Yes. My God. Because yes. I mean. It, it's perfect for this time of year because it takes place over uh, Christmas in 1970. Yep. And, uh, yeah, you can still probably find it in theaters, but you could also rent it on premium video on demand, which is a $20 price tag, I know. But, you know what, you watch it with the family, it's cheaper than going to the movie. Yeah. And it is really such of a touching movie, but very funny as well. So, yeah, The Holdovers is definitely, as far as, Films that are out now. Yeah. I mean, I would almost consider it a holiday movie I would see every single year. That's what that's and that's the point, is because I've heard that from other people saying, Boy, this is might be one of those instant classics where it's like that's a movie that comes out and suddenly people are watching every year. The the example I have that I think most recently probably is El, uh, Elf, right? Yeah. I mean that be had that very funny movie, very enjoyable, and it's become one that people watch every year. So let's talk about the new kind of classics first. Elf is in that category, I think. What else do we think of? Well, Elf, the amazing thing about that is, Adam, it's 20 years old this year. Yeah, right. Not exactly super modern, but... No, but that's but it's so crazy to think it's it's 20 years have passed since that time. Um, But also, I mean, one movie that came out the same year, and I think they hold it just as high in regard, and I do consider this a Christmas movie because it's set over the Christmas uh, holiday, is Love Actually. Yes. That was the same year then. So that was the same year those two movies were released. Yeah. Wow. Talk about a good year for holiday movies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, talk about two classics that came out that year. So, look, if I have to go back to the very beginning, what 
I would consider my favorite Mm all-time Christmas movie, not special, want to qualify that, movie easily would be It's a Wonderful Life. And I think Dave might have had a clip from that one. Clarence! Clarence! Help me, Clarence! Get me back! Get me back! I don't care what happens to me! Get me back to my wife and kids! Yeah, uh, that that was you. Be, you used to be able to see that almost daily uh, during the holiday Everywhere, season. Everywhere, yeah, on, on it's some one of those channel, yeah. Where you know it became public domain, and next thing you know, it it, it was in the ninety nine cent VHS bin everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty amazing to think that it was out in the public domain for so long. Now, I don't know who actually owns the right, if anybody does at this point, but I will tell you that it is streaming on Amazon Prime if you do want to see it. And I can't ever get enough of that movie. It's at least a once a year, once over the holiday season sort of movie. And yes, like Rudolph, it tears. I get tears every time. I mean, it really is an, an, an incredible movie. Uh, a magical movie from Frank Capra, of course, and Jimmy Stewart, Donna Reed. Yeah, what a wonderful, wonderful movie, a wonderful life. Uh, the and that the I think the that's the beauty of holiday movies, and I think the ones that last and test stand the test of time are the ones that are not necessarily all happy and frolicky. It's the ones that uh, where people where people redeem themselves, where we have redemption, where we have absolutely you know? and. I'm going to ask you to dig into, for your diamond in the rough, the one, so I'm going to give you a minute to think about it while I tell you mine. Um, You know, there are movies that are out there that are not necessarily on the radar, like It's a Wonderful Life. There's one that I saw on television, I believe CBS, back in the day, 1977 it came out. It's called The Gathering with Ed Asner. Hmm. Uh, he is a man who is dying. They don't say from what, but he wants to spend his final Christmas with, uh, with his estranged family, especially there's a son who is estranged, who he hasn't seen for years, played by Gregory Harrison, of course, from Trapper John, right? Um, so it's it's really, again, it's about redemption. It's about you know settling the differences you might have because you just never know in this case, Ed Asner knows, and he wants to get something done before it happens. But here's the other thing. He doesn't want anybody to know. Nobody knows that this is happening, with the exception of his estranged wife. So it's called The Gathering uh, from 1977. You can rent it only, not streaming, but rent it on Amazon for like 3 bucks or something. It's well worth it. So mine, uh, back to the theme of you know the redemption. Obviously, A Christmas Carol is one of those stories that yeah. uh, is so uh, such a... A Christmas classic, the Dickens story. It's so there's been so many versions, and mm-hmm. it, I love this. And you, you, I'll watch any of them, and they're all good. the The animated one from a few years ago with Jim Carrey was actually oh, yeah. really good. Yeah, Robert Zemeckis. Yes, but yeah, it- I, the the one for me is the 1951 version with Alastair Sim as Scrooge. I don't think anybody yeah. has played Ebenezer Scrooge better. Uh, then Alistair Sim, the 51 version of A Christmas Carol. It's here. Snow White! I, I can't pay you, sir. I'm not surprised. Not unless you give me more time. Did I ask you for more time to lend you the money? Oh, no, sir. Then why should you ask me for more time to pay it back? Hard and sharp as Flint he was. 
You ask Bob Cratchit about him. This timid and intimidated little clerk is portrayed by Mervyn John. Uh, the thing about this this version and Alistair Sim, why he's so good, it's so understated. I mean, you can go over the top with Ebenezer Scrooge. Oh, easily. But he is easily. so. But there is there's such a subtle nature of his evil, uh, not necessarily <laughs> evil, but just his. Yeah. You know, and, and it's just so well done that that's the one for me that I I watch every year. Usually, I'm just watching it by myself. I own it, and I have to do it at some point. But that version to me is yeah. so good. Yeah, you don't have to go over the top. I mean, he's a malcontent, yes, right? Yes, malcontent. I mean, he's yeah, just, yep. it, it's just the sort of guy that is generally unhappy with life. And obviously, uh, a movie like A Christmas Carol, you know, no matter what version you see, there's actually one with Henry Winkler out there playing Scrooge. Really? That is really good as well. There are just so many different iterations of it. But yeah, the theme is always the same. I mean, it's appreciate the life that you have and yep. make good with all the people around you, you know, in the time that you have. Uh, Dave, uh, you uh, we picked a, we decided to do our random. What is your what are you bringing to the party here? Is your favorite classic Christmas uh, watch that you have to do every year? Uh, we already talked about it, but I have to go with Elf. Why are you smiling like that? I just like to smile. Smiling's my favorite. Make work your favorite. That's your favorite. Okay. Okay. Work is your new favorite. Fine. It's time for the announcement. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! <laughs> oh, my God! Yeah, so good. And the reason, there's two reasons why I pick Elf. Uh, the first is that it's one of very few movies. I, like, I'm not a person who goes back and rewatches movies. Yep. Uh, most movies, almost all movies I watch, I watch it once, it's good, I'm done yep. with it. Elf is a movie that I can go back and watch year after year. The second reason is that it is... Um, it's appropriate for anybody. Like I could let my kids yep. watch this. I could watch it with my mother. Like it's totally family friendly. And for that reason, it just ends up being on a lot over the holiday season because everyone's going to enjoy it. Everyone loves Will Ferrell. There's laughs. There's a cry at the end. Um, Elf is going to be for sure my number one pick. And that one is, again, uh, just to tip people off, streaming everywhere. Hulu, Max, Apple TV+, Plus, Paramount+, Plus. if you subscribe to any of those services, Elf is uh, streaming on those. And, and the other thing is there are just so many classic elements about the picture itself. Edward Asner, who I mentioned for The Gathering, yep. actually plays Santa Claus in Elf. And then you got Bob Newhart as well. Right. I mean, it is so wonderful. Plus... Getting back to Rudolph a little bit, there's a little bit of a stop-motion animation in there as well. And the movie is directed by John Favreau, uh, an early indicator of how great of a director yes. the guy really is. I, I love him as an actor, but as a director, he is terrific. James Kahn. I mean, uh, Jimmy Kahn, yeah. yeah, my gosh. There, there are just so many great people in that one. Now, Peter Dinklage is in it as yep. well. So, yeah, it's, it's such. And uh, Zoe Deschanel. Is she uh, in it? Yes, she is. she is. Yes, she is. Uh, yes. Incredible. Yeah, the incredible cast. And again, it's like hard to say that's a modern classic when that's already been 20 years. You say the yeah. same of Christmas Vacation. That's got to be, what, 30 years old. <laughs> but that's yeah. one, too. Like, if I'm picking a funny one, I'm watching Christmas Vacation every year, too, just because, like, and you, you recite the lines, and it's just, it's one of those that I think, uh, you know it's the season when you watch that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and, but the thing is, they're so present, they don't feel like, oh my gosh, this is more modern or whatever. Yeah, you can say, how, I don't know how many years that one goes back, but probably over 30. Yep. And another one that is 30 years old this year, 
And I did confirm this with the director of the film, Henry Selleck, who directed Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas, that The Nightmare is both, it's, it's a Halloween movie and, indeed, a Christmas movie. Yeah. It's both. It can be both. And it is just, it, again, 30 years, but it, and, and stop motion is so ageless anyway. Yes. It doesn't feel dated in the least. Again, somebody watching it anew might think it's from today. Uh, where do you stand on whether or not you'll be the definitive since you're the uh, you're, you're the expert between the three of us? Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? I'm sorry, I have to go. No. Wow. I mean, you know, I know that I'm you know, I'm going to get some fierce arguments from people. Yeah, it, it's set over Christmas, but I would imagine that people could say the same. Well, how is it that The Holdovers is a Christmas movie? Well. To me, there's a definitive theme of family, you know, forming a makeshift family with these people who don't have anybody else. Mm-hmm. So I would argue, I would, you know, skew that one more towards a Christmas movie because of it. Here you just got John McClane killing a bunch of people. <laughs> <laughs> very enjoyable you know? way, in a very enjoyable yeah, way. I mean, how matter. is that a Christmas movie? Yeah, I, I get the argument, though. I get it. But, uh, again, maybe I'm in the minority. And how are you two on that one? I, you know, I think uh, Christmas movies, if you feel whatever movie it is, if, if, you, if it's your tradition to watch it, then for you it's a Christmas movie. But, yeah, it was released in July. Of 1988. <laughs> so it's not like, hey, they're getting the Christmas crowd there. But you know what? For the people who accept it as a Christmas movie, I don't think it is. But if you do, then, you know, good on you. Enjoy it, no matter what it is. Yeah. Now, I just have to, something that ties into that somewhat. Mm-hmm. Now, it's, it's got a Die Hard theme title. It's called Love Hard. It uh, is actually a Christmas movie. <laughs> oh, on it's only a couple years old, but it's a very sweet romantic comedy and a Christmas movie. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, and I believe they mentioned Die Hard or talk about Die Hard in there because of the title, yes, on Netflix. And, of course, I can't go without mentioning, because we're going to have a brown Christmas this year, it, it seems. For the, most, for the most part, White Christmas is a brown Christmas movie until the very end. Of That's course. right. Uh, but, yeah, I, again, one of my all-time favorites. And if you ever get a chance to see that one on the big screen. I know one of the theaters in the Twin Cities, they actually have a program every year. The time has passed for this year, but it sells out very quickly where you can actually see that on the big screen, which makes it even more special. Merry Christmas, sir. Thanks for jumping on with us today. Absolutely. Merry Christmas to you, Adam. And uh, Dave, I believe I will be talking with you and another Dave on Friday. Dave Schrader will be in on Friday, so uh, you'll be Uh, on your regular spot. And uh, we'll talk in the new year, sir. Thank you. We will indeed. Thank you. Tim Lammers, 1050 News Talk 830 WCCO. Not one mention of a Christmas story, too, by the way, which is good. Overrated, a Christmas story. Ugh, enough of that movie. Uh, So what is it for you? Whether it's a classic a uh, more modern classic, or something that isn't even a Christmas movie that you have to watch during the holidays. 651-461-9226. Yeah. Uh, Your Linda's Construction Time Check, 1055. Time to receive 75% off installation labor on Minnesota Made Infinity for Marvin Windows. Thank you for the texture for... uh, Chiming in on my Dodge Burnsville ad. Speaking of chestnuts. Yes. Uh, Every Christmas we watch Joy on Noel. It's a very thought-provoking historical film about soldiers in the trenches during World War I who declare their own truce on Christmas. Touching story based on true events. Um, 
Home Alone, even though I can quote the entire movie. Uh, Scrooge with Albert Finney. Yeah, I could watch any A Christmas Carol, but the Alistair Sim version is the tops. Tiny uh, if you're, if it's an adults-only party, and Love Hard, as Tim uh, refer- referenced to, I was a little worried about that one. That sounded like an adults-only uh, movie, but I don't know that that is. It's got a weird name, but I like. No, it isn't. It is. I, I think it's. A, but if you're in for, if no kids involved, and you want to laugh, and you like the crude humor, Bad Santa oh. might be one of the yes. best Christmas movies of the last twenty years. It's hard R, but hard R. Yes. Yeah, you don't want uh, the kids anywhere near watching that. But if you like the kind of crude humor, uh, <laughs> you want to see Bad Santa, Billy Bob Thornton. All right. Um, you know, I don't like to self-help radio. I really don't. But this guy, we haven't had him on in a while. And this time of year, it's stressful on humans. But what about the pets? Are your pets stressed out this holiday season? There's good reason. That's why we turn to Bly Spencer. He is an unlicensed, I repeat, unlicensed pet therapist, but he might be able to help you with your pet's anxiety. 651-461-9226. Text and call uh, if you've got an issue with your pet stressed over the holidays our next guest will help you you won't want to go anywhere his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt and even after band camp he might not be the greatest musician but with the three percent annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account your goal of supporting his dreams thanks for everything mom and dad will always be worth it Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.